Chapter number seven of Five Children in It. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Five Children in It by E. Nesbitt. Chapter seven A Siege and Bed. The children were sitting in the gloomy banqueting hall at the end of one of the long bare wooden tables. There was now no hope. Martha had brought in the dinner, and the dinner was invisible and unfeelable too, for when they rubbed their hands along the table, they knew but too well that for them there was nothing there but table. Suddenly, Cyril felt in his pocket. Right-ho! he cried. Look here! Biscuits! Some were broken and crumbled, but certainly still biscuits. Three whole ones and a generous handful of crumbs and fragments i got them this morning cook and i'd quite forgotten he explained as he divided them with scrupulous fairness into four heaps they were eaten in a happy silence though they had an odd taste because they had been in cyril's pocket all the morning with a hank of tarred wire some green fir cones and a ball of cobbler's wax yes but look here squirrel said robert you're so clever at explaining about invisibleness and all that how is it the biscuits are here and all the bread and meat and things have disappeared i don't know said cyril after a pause unless it's because we had them nothing about us has changed everything's in my pocket all right then if we had the mutton it would be real said robert oh don't i wish we could find it no we can't find it I suppose it isn't ours till we've got it in our mouths. Or in our pockets, said Jane, thinking of the biscuits. Who puts mutton in their pockets, goose girl, said Cyril. But I know, at any rate, I'll try it. He leaned over the table with his face about an inch from it and kept opening and shutting his mouth as if he were taking bites out of air. It's no good, said Robert in deep dejection you'll only hello cyril stood up with a grin of triumph holding a square piece of bread in his mouth it was quite real everyone saw it it is true that directly he bit a piece off the rest vanished but it was all right because he knew he had it in his hand though he could neither see nor feel it he took another bite from the air between his fingers and it turned into bread as he bit the next moment all the others were following his example and opening and shutting their mouths an inch or so from the bare-looking table robert captured a slice of mutton and but i think i will draw a wail over the rest of this painful scene it is enough to say that they all had enough mutton and that when martha came to change the plates she said she had never seen such a mess in all her born days the pudding was fortunately a plain sweat one and in answer to martha's questions the children all with one accord said that they would not have molasses on it nor jam nor sugar just plain please they said martha said well i never what next i wonder and went away then ensued another scene on which i will not dwell for nobody looks nice picking up slices of sweat pudding from the table in its mouth like a dog the great thing after all was that they had had dinner and now everyone felt more courage to prepare for the attack that was to be delivered before sunset robert as captain insisted on climbing to the top of one of the towers to reconnoitre so up they all went and now they could see all round the castle and could see too 
that beyond the moat on every side tents of the besieging party were pitched rather uncomfortable shivers ran down the children's backs as they saw that all the men were very busy cleaning or sharpening their arms restringing their bows and polishing their shields a large party came along the road with horses dragging along the great trunk of a tree and cyril felt quite pale because he knew this was for a battering ram what a good thing we've got a moat he said and what a good thing the drawbridge is up i should never have known how to work it of course it would be up in a besieged castle you think there ought to have been soldiers in it wouldn't you said robert you see you don't know how long it's been besieged said cyril darkly perhaps most of the brave defenders were killed early in the siege and all the provisions eaten and now there are only a few intrepid survivors that's us and we're going to defend it to the death how do you begin defending it to the death i mean asked anthea we are to be heavily armed and then shoot at them when they advance to the attack they used to pour boiling lead down on besiegers when they got too close said anthea feather showed me the holes on purpose for pouring it down through at bodium castle and there are holes like it in the gate tower here i think i'm glad it's only a game it is only a game isn't it said jane but no one answered the children found plenty of strange weapons in the castle and if they were armed at all it was soon plain that they would be as cyril said armed heavily for these swords and lances and crossbows were far too weighty even for cyril's manly strength and as for the longbows none of the children could even begin to bend them the daggers were better but jane hoped that the besiegers would not come close enough for daggers to be of any use never mind we can hurl them like javelins said cyril or drop them on people's heads i say there are a lot of stones on the other side of the courtyard if you took some of those up just to drop on their heads if they were to try swimming the moat so a heap of stones grew apace up in the room about the gate in another heap a shiny spiky dangerous-looking heap of daggers and knives as anthea was crossing the courtyard for more stones a sudden invaluable idea came to her she went to martha and said may we have just biscuits for tea we're going to play at besieged castles and we'd like the biscuits to provision the garrison put mine in my pocket please my hands are so dirty and i'll tell the others to fetch theirs this was indeed a happy thought for now with four generous handfuls of air which turned to biscuits as martha crammed it into their pockets the garrison was well provisioned till sundown they brought up some iron pots of cold water to pour in the besiegers instead of hot lead with which the castle did not seem to be provided the afternoon passed with wonderful quickness it was very exciting but none of them except robert could feel all the time that this was really deadly dangerous work to the others who had only seen the camp and the besiegers from a distance the whole thing seemed half a game of make-believe and half a splendidly distinct and perfectly safe dream but it was only now and then that robert could feel this when it came to be tea-time the biscuits were eaten with water from the deep well in the courtyard drunk out of horns cyril insisted in putting by eight of the biscuits in case anyone should feel faint in stress of battle just as he was putting away the reserve biscuits in a sort of little stone cupboard without a door a sudden sound made him drop three it was the loud fierce cry of a trumpet you see it is real said robert and they are going to attack all rushed to the narrow windows yes said robert they're all coming out of their tents and moving about like ants 
there's that jackin dancing about where the bridge joins on i wish you could see me put out my tongue out at him yeah the others were far too pale to wish to put their tongues out at anybody but they looked at robert with surprise and respect and he said you really are brave robert rot cyril's pallor turned to redness now all in a minute he's been getting ready to be brave all the afternoon and i wasn't ready that's all i shall be braver than he is in half a jiffy oh dear said jane what does it matter which of you is the bravest i think cyril was a perfect silly to wish for a castle and i don't want to play it isn't robert was beginning sternly but anthea interrupted oh yes you do she said coaxingly it's a very nice game really because they can't possibly get in and if they do the women and children are always spared by civilized armies but are you quite quite sure that they're civilized asked jane panting they seem to be such a long time ago of course they are anthea pointed cheerfully through the narrow window why look at the little flags on their lances how bright they are and how fine the leader is look that's him isn't it robert on the gray horse jane consented to look and the scene was almost too pretty to be alarming the green turf the white tents the flash of pennant lances the gleam of armor and the bright colors of scarf and tunic it was just like a splendid colored picture the trumpets were sounding and when the trumpeteers stopped for breath the children could hear the clink clang of armor and the murmur of voices a trumpeter came forward to the edge of the moat which now seemed very much narrower than at first and blew the longest and loudest blast they had yet heard when the blaring noise had died away a man who was with the trumpeter shouted what ho within there and his voice came plainly to the garrison in the gatehouse hello there robert bellowed back at once in the name of our lord the king and of our good lord and trusty leader sir wolfric de talbot we summon this castle to surrender on pain of fire and sword and no quarter do ye surrender no bawled robert of course we don't never 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 the man answered back then your fate be on your own heads cheer said robert in a fierce whisper cheer to show them we aren't afraid and rattle the daggers to make more noise one two three hip hip hooray again hip hip hooray one more hip hip hooray the cheers were rather high and weak but the rattle of the daggers lent them strength and depth there was another shout from the camp across the moat and then the beleaguered fortress felt that the attack had begun indeed it was getting rather dark in the room about the great gate and jane took very little courage as she remembered that sunset couldn't be far off now the moat is dreadfully thin said anthea but they can't get into the castle even if they do swim over said robert and as he spoke he heard feet on the stair outside heavy feet in the clang of steel no one breathed for a moment the steel and the feet went on up the turret stairs then robert sprang softly to the door he pulled off his shoes wait here he whispered and stole quickly and softly after the boots and the spur clank he peeped into the upper room the man was there and he was jacking all dripping with moat water and he was fiddling about with the machinery which robert felt sure worked the drawbridge robert banged the door suddenly and turned the great key in the lock just as jackin sprang to the inside of the door 
then he tore downstairs and into the little turret at the foot of the tower where the biggest window was we ought to have defended this he cried to the others as they followed him he was just in time another man had swum over and his fingers were on the window ledge robert never knew how the man had managed to climb out of water but he saw the clinging fingers and hit them as hard as he could with an iron bar that he caught up from the floor the man fell with a splash into the moat water in another moment robert was outside the little room had banged its door and was shooting home the enormous bolts and calling to cyril to lend a hand then they stood in the arched gatehouse breathing hard and looking at each other jane's mouth was open cheer up jenny said robert it won't last much longer there was a creaking above and something rattled and shook the pavement they stood on seemed to tremble then a crash told them that the drawbridge had been lowered to its place that's that beast jackin said robert that's still the portcullis i'm almost certain that's worked from lower down and now the drawbridge rang and echoed hollowly to the hoofs of horses and the tramp of armed men up quick cried robert let's drop things on them even the girls were feeling almost brave now they followed robert quickly and under his directions began to drop stones out through the long narrow windows there was a confused noise below and some groans oh dear said anthea putting down the stone she was just going to drop out i'm afraid we've hurt somebody robert caught up the stone in a fury i should hope we had he said i'd give something for a jolly good boiling kettle of lead surrender indeed and now came more tramping and a pause and then the thundering thump of the battering ram and the little room was almost pitch dark we've held it cried robert we won't surrender the sun must set in a minute here they're all joying underneath again pity there's no time to get more stones here pour that water down on them it's no good of course but they'll hate it oh dear said jane don't you think we'd better surrender never said robert we'll have a parley if you like but we'll never surrender oh i'll be a soldier when i grow up you just see if i don't i won't go into civil service whatever anyone says let's wave a handkerchief and ask for a parley jane pleaded i don't believe the sun's going to set tonight at all give them the water first the brutes said the bloodthirsty robert so anthea tilted the pot over the nearest lead hole and poured they heard a splash below but no one below seemed to have felt it and again the ram battered the great door anthea paused how idiotic said robert lying flat on the floor and putting one eye to the lead hole of course the holes go straight down into the gatehouse that's for when the enemy has forgot past the door and the portcullis and almost all is lost here hand me the pot he crawled on to the three-cornered window ledge in the middle of the wall and taking the pot from anthea poured the water out through the arrow slit and as he began to pour the noise of the battering ram and the trampling of the foe and the shouts of surrender and de talbot forever all suddenly stopped and went out like snuff of a candle the little dark room seemed to whirl round and turn topsy-turvy and when the children came to themselves there they were safe and sound in the big front door of their house the house with the ornamental nightmare iron top to the roof they all crowded to the window and looked out the moat and the tents and the besieging force were all gone and there was the garden with its tangle of dahlias and marigolds and asters and later roses 
and the spiky iron railings and the quiet white road everyone drew a deep breath and that's all right said robert i told you so and i say we didn't surrender did we aren't you glad now i wished for a castle asked cyril i think i am now said anthea slowly but i wouldn't wish for it again i think squirrel dear oh it was simply splendid said jane unexpectedly i wasn't frightened a bit oh i say cyril was beginning but anthea stopped him look here she said it's just come into my head this is the very first thing we wished for that hasn't gotten us into a row and there hasn't been the least little scrap of a row about this nobody's raging downstairs we're safe and sound we've had an awfully jolly day at least not jolly exactly but you know what i mean and we know now how brave robert is and cyril too of course she added hastily and jane as well and we haven't gotten into a row with a single grown-up the door was opened suddenly and fiercely you ought to be ashamed of yourself said the voice of martha and they could tell by her voice that she was very angry indeed i thought you couldn't last through the day without getting up to some mischief a person can't take a breath of air on the front doorstep but you must be emptying the water jug on their heads off you go to bed the lot of you and try to get up better children in the morning now then don't let me have to tell you twice if i find any of you not in bed in ten minutes i'll let you know it that's all a new cap and everything she flounced out amid a disregarded chorus of regrets and apologies the children were very sorry but really it was not their faults you can't help it if you're pouring water on a besieging foe and your castle suddenly changes into your house and everything changes with it except the water and that happens to fall on somebody else's clean cap i don't know why the water didn't change into nothing though said cyril why should it asked robert water's water all the world over i expect the castle well was the same as ours in the stable yard said jane and that was really the case i thought we couldn't get through a wish day without a row said cyril it was much too good to be true come on bobs my military hero if you lick into bed sharp she won't be so furious and perhaps she'll bring us up some supper i'm jolly hungry good night kids good night i hope the castle won't come creeping back in the night said jane of course it won't said anthea briskly but martha will not in the night but in a minute here turn around i'll get that knot out of your pinafore strings wouldn't it have been degrading for sir wolfric tabold said jane dreamily if he could have known that half the besieged garrison wore pinafores and the other half knickerbockers yes frightfully do stand still you're only tightening the knot said anthea End of chapter seven